Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Alan Watt giving you his uh, weekly blurb. And before I go into the blurb, uh, someone suggested to me that many people download uh, what I have for free on the website, but I never mention on the blurbs which get passed around that I have books and CDs and DVDs for sale. And uh, a little light went on, and I said, gee, you know, he's right. I should maybe try this, because these, uh, these talks go all over the world and passed on from person to person, and really, I don't push myself at all. And it's coming to the stage where, of course, you have to do this, because we can't just live on fresh air. Not that we can find fresh air these days, but uh, it's becoming more difficult. So... So remember, I do have things for sale, uh, which you'll find on the website uh, with the prices and so on. For orders of the DVDs, CDs, or books, contact CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Now, to regard my blurb, uh, I generally don't go into the news that's given to the public because... Sometimes I'm aiming at a higher audience, uh, an audience that's been looking at this for many years, what's been happening as we go towards this global agenda, which is already here, in fact. It's just a method, a matter now of training us to accept it. Um, and to, to just dwell on the daily little laws that get passed, the little events that are happening isn't my thing because I expected them to be done in the first place and many of you out there are of the same mind we know what's coming uh, we know it's a totalitarian world, police state that we're going into the one that George Orwell warned us about and coming out of that will be the, the next type with a trained citizenry from birth into the, the sort of um, Aldo Huxley type Brave New World that's to come out after the after the Orwellian phase we'll go through and we're going through right now so tonight I'm going to give you some news on the Great Lakes here in Canada and the States it's interesting uh, I put up a cartoon on my website uh, months ago to do with an agreement that the U.S. and Canadian governments had come to because the U.S. wanted to put uh, gunboats all over the Great Lakes, more so than they had before, with uh, fully automatic heavy equipment, uh, heavy, heavy um, guns, basically. Uh, these things are armed like porcupines. And just recently there's a, a debate going on. Now, since the, the, the Canadian government agreed to allow this to happen, in fact, they updated the old 1812 charter to allow the U.S. to do this. The U.S. government's going, the, the, the Canadian government's going through a sort of, a, oh, dear, dear, tut, tut thing to keep the public in Canada happy that the government's actually trying to object to this. Well, you don't object after you've signed the agreement to allow it to happen in the first place, do you? Uh, so there's a lot of show going on. And from the Detroit uh, news, 
when you read a little bit, it came out uh, by Norman Sinclair, Detroit News. Public he hearings in the U.S. side are being held to do with safety for the public and boaters and fishermen and this kind of thing. Uh, so they have sessions coming up in October uh, the 16th, the, the Duluth or Convention Center, Duluth, Minnesota. October 18th, Holiday Inn, Spring Lake, Michigan. October 19th, Crystal Gardens, 1200 Gratiot, Marysville, Michigan. October 23rd, Anthony, Anthony J. Celebrees, Federal Building, Cleveland. October the 30th, Rochester, New York, location to be announced. And November 1st, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, location to be announced. And maybe some of the public couldn't shake themselves from the television set and the sports and go and attend these meetings. There will be people there to dialogue, get to consensus anyway, because their minds are made up. This is only to convince the public that they have to do this. But it would be interesting to hear the, hear the spiel they give you. And from the Detroit News, it says this, After nine months of live fire training with automatic weapons on four Great Lakes, the U.S. Coast Guard said Tuesday it will suspend the exercises for 60 days to give the public a chance to return fire in a series of public hearings. So there's your comical part to start with that you see it's a comedy. That, that, that diffuses it. We are looking for the public to tell us what we don't know about these areas. What a joke, eh? To make them safe as possible, said Captain Patrick Brennan, commander of the Detroit Port. See if the seven hearings will be staged in Michigan while the others will be in four other Great Lakes states. The Coast Guard intends to make permanent the 34 zones in which live fire training on deck-mounted weapons has been conducted 24 times by 57 guard units and about 150 boats since January without incident, Brennan said. None of the training was staged in the Detroit River or Lake St. Clair, Prior to this year, the Coast Guard and the Great Lakes carried sidearms and rifles. The closest zones to Metro Detroit and Sanilac to the north and Sandusky off Lake Erie to the south. None of the zones is closer than three miles to shorelines and most are five miles offshore. Each of the 34 zones will be closed to private boats for four hours about eight times per year while training is conducted, notices of training will be publicized in advance. By making the training zones permanent, the public will get used to the, the practice and the predictability of the exercises. We've been trained to accept it, you see. Brennan said after September 11th, US and Canadian authorities agreed to tighten security on the Great Lakes waterways arming all Coast Guard cutters and smaller boats with automatic weapons and giving all crews the same training Coast Guard personnel get on the east, west and gulf coasts was part of that agreement. It benefits the Great Lakes Coast Guards to have the same training and same capability as everyone else in the country, Brennan said. Brennan said the training is to counter possible terrorist threats. Some long-time voters question the necessity of the training. If the zones are not well publicized, visiting voters could enter areas where they risk being shot, said John Barber, 59, 
an attorney from Gross Point who has sailed throughout the Great Lakes. Boaters clearly don't want anyone shooting near you, he said. It's interesting now to, to, to see what uh, these fully automatic weaponry, uh, this porcupine weaponry that they're brindling with, uh, is all, all about here because he's, a, he's an appendage to this from the CBC News uh, Friday, September the 1st, 2006. The U.S. Coast Guard is making waves in the Great Lakes with a plan to establish a 34 live fire zones where its crews can practice with machine guns mounted on their vessels. A period for public comment on the plan was to have expired on Friday, but it was extended after requests from boaters, tourist operators, and others for more time. Comments will be accepted for another 60 days. Petty Officer Bill Kolkloch a spokesman for the Coast Guard's Cleveland office told CBC Online. The 7.62mm light machine guns, which can fire 600 runs per minute, have been made standard equipment on the Coast Guard's Great Lakes cutters as a result of terrorism jitters and a quiet reinterpretation of an arms control treaty signed after the War of 1812. The treaty between the United States and Britain limited each side to four armed vessels on the, on the lakes, each equipped with an 18-pound cannon. You, the U.S. cutters previously had no mounted weapons, although their crew were equipped with pistols and rifles. When the new guns made headlines earlier this year, the Canadian Coast Guard said it reserved the right to arm its own vessels. The plan published August the 1st in the U.S. government's Federal Register would create safety zones where civilians could be barred from time to time while the Coast Guard fires its guns. Each zone with at least 5.5 kilometers offshore, the document says. So it's kilometers this time. These safety zones are necessary to protect vessels and people from hazards associated with life fire gun exercises, it says. <laughs> oh dear. Such hazards include projectiles that may ricochet and damage vessels and or cause death or serious bodily harm. Three zones on Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario would have three such zones, Lake Erie 4, Lake Huron 6, Lake Superior 7, and Lake Michigan 14. Coast Guard officials have said they would be well away from the international border, but some near Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, for example, would be in areas where Canadian boats might wander. The Coast Guard was transferred to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and encouraged to take a more muscular approach to external threats as part of a reorganization following the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. Officials have said they expect to use each live fire zone only two or three times a year, a day or two each time, but the plan itself mentions no limits. They dismiss one possible environmental objection, saying the copper and lead bullets would sink in deep water and could not by eat, be eaten by bottom-feeding waterfowl. So they're looking after the environment, you see, as they, 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 they blast imaginary boats out of the water. Some boaters have warned that amateurs could wander into machine gun range if they failed to read official notices to mariners or listen to announcements on marine radio. George Freeman, who runs fishing charters out of 
Ludington, Michigan, said he and other Lake Michigan captains worry about losing access to fishing grounds. One of the zones is in waters he regularly fishes. I know they need to have a place to shoot, he told the Detroit Free Press. We can go elsewhere, but we need to be able to go where the fish are. Comments on the plan can be sent to the commander, 9th Coast Guard District, 1240 East 9th Street, room 2069, Cleveland, Ohio, 44199. Now, it's really interesting to, 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 to look at this. <coughs> the 7.62 machine guns are talking about, they're light, meaning that they can be taken off their mounting and carried. They're heavy. They're heavy. They're not uh, like the ones you see on TV generally. They're heavy. But the 7.62 is a Soviet, a big Soviet round, so I guess they've got lots of surplus coming in from the Soviets. Maybe they made a deal there or something. Um, and we've got to ask yourself, why on earth, why on earth would all the, the, the sudden need to, to put fleets on the Great Lakes against the cavemen living over in Afghanistan, between the Afghan and Pakistan border? Maybe it's possible that they've got wind uh, that, the, that there's an, a covert Arab operation on right now where, and this is probably how the scenario will work out in fact, uh, there's probably a group of Arabs en route to Canada right now uh, with camels to take part in some circus. And these camels will have webbed feet to be specially genetically modified with webbed feet, you see. And some of the humps I'll have will be artificial. And inside these humps will be packed with, with who knows what, all kinds of nasty stuff. And they plan to come into, uh, eventually, along the St. Lawrence, all the way down into the Great Lakes, where they can then pump out one of the other humps and take on water and submerge and that's when they won't, uh, the, the, you'll find that they'll feed them probably a special combination of, of curry and baked beans. And these camels will, will travel faster than torpedoes all the way to their targets. And then imagine that the Coast Guard have been warned to watch for these guys because they'll have to surface so many times per day to pray to the east, uh, to, you see. That's, that's strict rules regardless of what they're doing. So, isn't it so, don't you feel great that we're being so well looked after? We're going to be so safe. I guess we can still take up the fishing poles and head down for a nice quiet day at the beaches and get in a little dinghy and just grow out there and sing a nice old song. I tell you why I can't find you. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing. Ah, you know. Well, there's a sign upon your door. Uh-huh. Gone fishing. I'm real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore. Could be. There's your hole out in the sun where you left a row half done. You claim that hoeing ain't no fun. But I can prove it. You ain't got no ambition. Gone fishing. By a shady, weighty pool. Shangri-La. 
really like. I'm wishing I could be that kind of fool. Shall I twist your arm? I'd say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door I'd hang a sign. Gone fishing instead of just a wishing.
Each group that comes in every single year is indoctrinated into what they will experience from kindergarten 30 years down the road. And they'll accept it, thinking it's all quite normal. This is the kind of information given to the, the common term back in the 30s by Beria, who was the chief of the, of the precursor of the, the KGB, then KVD. He said that, that they could do it every five years. They could alter culture, and it would speed up as they learned more and more techniques of how to do it. So the main sh major things that happen in our lifetime are planned that way, right down to dates and times, major events. They're planned way ahead of time. Like a, a battle is planned before you, the participants even take part in it. Before they even come to the battlefield, they go over it all on the maps. They look for all the, the, the ways to get through. They look at oppositions to them coming through and how to overcome them. Well, that's exactly how this world is run when it comes to strategy and, and population strategies and cultural strategies. They know the, the various personality types. We're, we're all in one or the other. And they know that they'll get uh, repercussions from certain types on certain issues when laws, etc., are introduced. And so they train people in advance, before it's even started, to become the spokesman for these groups. That way we sit back and say, well, I don't have to do anything. There's a guy saying all the things I think. But if you keep listening to him, you'll find he deviates from where you would go into some other way or, or into a compromise eventually. And that's been happening for years and years, this technique of controlling the public to accept and accept and accept. The planned society is a world where no one will be born unless there is an economic function needed by a ruling elite. You've heard of family planning. This is global societal planning. Same thing. Exactly the same thing. We are so separated from the generations in their own little niche that you grew up with. Uh, it's as though you're stuck there, you're pigeonholed. And as you get older by the year, and your particular generation gets to the same age by the year, you don't notice the ones before you or the ones after you. Everyone has been separated from the previous and, and, uh, generation. That was all intentional. It was a strategy worked out many years ago and talked about by John Dewey and others who took part in the think tanks and implementation of these schemes and held by others um, tremendous psychological association help and psychiatric as well. For those who are really interested, they should look into the big publications put out after the, the, the large conferences on the American Psychological Association and the American Psychiatric Association. A good book is The Human Agenda, where they talked there about having to basically effeminize the males by the use of hormones put into various substances, creating a form of hermaphrodite uh, that would be manageable and pliable by those in charge. 
this was a major uh, event, uh, a national uh, sponsored event. This this, uh, this this convention, and that was the book that came out of it. The Human Agenda. Get a copy and go through it, and you'll be shocked at what you think are people who are there to serve the public really get up to. Uh, there's no such thing as serving the public. We are ruled scientifically, as Aldo Huxley stated. He didn't see any reason why a scientific oligarchy could not control the people forever and the people would be unaware that they were even being controlled. We take so much for granted regarding our present day situation, our present day lifestyle, and each generation grows into a pre-existing system where their parents, who never really understand it, simply uh, quietly accept it, thinking it's normal, pass the same ideology onto the child. We take, and we have taken, our freedoms very casually. We can become spoiled in, in a sense when, when things are going fairly well in the material world. And most battles in the world have been fought for the material and many authors have said in the past that all wars are economic wars but that, that doesn't simply mean nations it also means down to personal independent individuals who fight each other in a sense over, over things or property or needs in the physical world it wasn't always like this it's been a long long path to get to this particular stage and much blood has been spilled over many centuries by people trying to give the public uh, a sense of a freedom that at one time would be sacrilege to even mention that you even had a right to before the reformation the catholic dogma or, uh, that was taught in the West was that all humanity was in sin, were born in sin and if we should obey God's commands and follow the appointees of God, those who were superior, put in positions above us pre-existing often the family lineages but along with that also was taught that there was a free will within man that man would, would naturally seek out the good but once the reformation came along a different doctrine crept in and this was even put into Luther's writings and Calvin's writings Calvin believed in predestination and that man was just a sinner and that nothing would change it individually or personally uh, that put the, the kibosh basically on people who thought they could work their way to heaven 
uh, Calvin believed that the, those who were rich and wealthy were put here by God um, and, and born into those families, predestined to, to be so, and those who were beneath them, well, that was their natural place. Luther also uh, had a bit of that in him as well. Um, Luther himself said, he, he said, uh, he put a pamphlet out at one point, lots of pamphlets, pamphleteers they call them, De Servo Arbitrio, which was a, about uh, an attack he made on, on Erasmus, Erasmus who tried to defend the freedom of individual will. And Luther would have none of that. He thought that, that man would not naturally seek out the good, but he would always seek out the evil. This has always been a battle done through the ages to just decide individually what's right and what's wrong. We rationalize what is often wrong, and those that rationalize into tremendous acts which affect history and the course the peoples go uh, for personal reasons can always rationalize why they do it. Um, and going back to the Middle Ages even, we find that uh, there were writers like Thomas Aquinas uh, and, uh, and others of his time who, who tended to blend in predestination again with, with its counterpart of free will. It was a strange dialectic process um, which do an awful lot of convoluted rationalization to come to some sort of agreement with each other. This really should be impossible. But uh, they did teach a form of dogma at that time that, pe that man could repent, uh, truly repent, and be redeemed, even though he, would, he, would, he may choose the wrong once again or the evil afterwards. This leads us to those who crave authority. Because down through the ages, this, many terms have been used for tyranny. Uh, countries which are established, uh, sort of bona fide countries, which are accepted as nations with a type of rulership, um, when they, they take off into a strange direction, we, we seldom call them fascist, for instance. Fascism was a fairly new term adopted from an ancient symbol used by the Catholic Church, and they got it from earlier churches, including the Minoans, the, the, the fasci, and which, which, which really was a, a bundle of sticks around the shaft of uh, an axe meaning that there was strength in numbers, a small minority of rulership which were bound together. It's hard to break a whole bunch of them. It's easy to break one stick. But you put a whole bunch together and try and break it over your knee, you'll break your knee. And the, the personality types who are attracted to fascism are authoritarian types. They love authority. But technically, they're sadomasochistic, and you can have both in the same person. It's very common, even from those at the bottom. Sadism craves authority over others, total control over others, 
and therefore emblems of authority, shows of authority, parades of authority um, are loved by such characters. They crave this. They crave to, to eventually be the one on top while all the other parades pass by underneath. Uh, but on their way up, they're, they're, they're masochistic. They, they know they're inferior to the ones above them. They, they will do anything they're told to get up step by step to, to near the top uh, places of power. And that really is what the 20th century definition of fascism meant. Um, communism, by the way, is no different. It's the same system. In fact, all systems are the same. All systems are really fascist in that the, the psychopathic types who are also authoritarian types they're sadists and masochists uh, in the same person, one, two in the same person. They, 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 they go into power. They want power. Ordinary people who are balanced don't crave power over others. But those who have an unnatural craving will seek it out. They seek out their target, their aim, their goal. If, if we define many relationships uh, as pseudo-masochistic uh, that is true in a sense it's different from a teacher and pupil relationship uh, a teacher the proof of the teacher's worth if they're teaching what they're supposed to be teaching that is is shown in the results of, of the pupil or the student and eventually the bridge between teacher and pupil should be narrowed and narrowed as, as a student or pupil gains the knowledge bit by bit and gradually comes up to the same level and then uh, they're equal in a truly authoritarian system a sadist who craves power unnaturally and loves all the emblems of military and parades and ceremony they love ceremony um, he does it for his own purpose his own rationale and he will rationalize everything he does everything he does no matter what it takes he will rationalize his every move which is a psychopathic trait they often project onto others what they themselves are doing and they blame others for, for doing what they are doing themselves that is common. In times gone by, authority was all around a person's life, generally in uniform, often with the badge of a king, the insignia of a priest, whatever. Uh, it was always there, and it was overt and punishment and retribution were swift and ruthless a condemnation was expected and there was no appeal public spectacles were made of people who, who did not agree with the, the, the system in which they lived and these people were literally massacred um, sometimes individually sometimes in whole groups such as with, this, with the Inquisition 
they, they would burn whole groups of people together. And it's not just to, to kill off uh, witches or malcontents or whatever they were termed or labelled at the time. It's also as a warning to the rest of the population to toe the line, to use the Masonic term, to obey the system. So that's overt authority. Uh, we travel the roads, and we used to think not much about traveling at all. Um, but today, when you see a police car behind you, uh, you get the shivers up your spine because they're on the hunt. They've changed from the so-called good old days. They've changed because they have quotas to fulfill and people to book and tickets to write out because that money ends up being expected so much as expected per month to go into the coffers of government, local and otherwise. So there are, there's a vert authority and then of course there's, there's a sort of covert or anonymous type of authority. The anonymous authority has been used for a good part, maybe the latter part of the 20th century with very good effect right up to the present time, speeding up and intensifying, becoming more scientifically calculated. And anonymous authority are messages given to the public through symbols and writing and advertising telling you what's good for you and what's acceptable within social society and, uh, and in a good social system. And these messages pervade our whole life. It, you, you, you can't get away from them if you use any electronic media or even drive on the major highways. You'll see billboards telling you, and these are all authorized. That's why all these billboards are licensed to be there. Their, their messages are authorized by those who give you and control your culture. There is more covert or anonymous authority being bombarded towards you or at you on a daily basis than ever before. And we think it's quite normal. The children today think it's always been like this. Constant streams of messages and how to act, dress, uh, what emotions to show, uh, which emotions are not allowed, uh, socially incorrect, and so on and so on. And these techniques, the anonymous type of authority, is far, far more effective than the overt, which always, when it reaches a particular stage, uh, creates a backlash amongst the people. When you don't know you're being controlled, when you don't know that there are messages that you're reading all the time, you subconsciously you're taking them all in, just like you sing the jingles from the good ad. Um, we don't think about retaliating or saying, wait a minute now, what? who gives them the right to bombard me with this? And they'll turn around and tell you, well, you can switch this off or turn off your radio or turn off your TV, which is true, but you can't even look at a newspaper without being downloaded with someone else's ideas, information, what's acceptable, what is not acceptable. We see those in the forefront who are put there in public view, put
pushing this whole new world order that Mr. Bush Sr. talked about. Uh, a whole new world order, a new way of doing things. A scientific dictatorship, really, was what we was talking about. We're looking there at uh, people who have authoritarian characters to an extreme level. They, these people are the deviant type people who appear every so often down through the ages and cause tremendous horror. Uh, they're groomed, mind you, by a power behind them which is always in the background down through these same ages. They're chosen for these purposes and perhaps even some of them are bred for this purpose. The authority in character sees only two types of humanity. He sees the powerful ones and the powerless ones. His own love and admiration and readiness for submission to an authoritarian system are aroused by power automatically whether it's of a person or of an institution and the power fascinates him not for any particular values but just because it is power itself powerless people or powerless institutions arouses contempt and the, the sight of, of a powerless person makes him want to attack that person dominate and humiliate him a different type of character might be appalled by attacking someone that's helpless but an authoritarian character feels the more aroused the more helpless this object has become so this is where the sadist um, character of the authoritarian personality is shown it's not enough to beat someone they have to humiliate dominate and preferably publicly to show that he's king of the hill The authoritarian character himself has a particular attitude towards life and he builds a philosophy up around it and his emotional strivings are even woven in there. He loves conditions that limit human freedom and he loves being submitted to fate. It depends really on his social position what fate means to him if you look at a soldier it may mean the will or the whim of his superior and you'll gladly submit uh, a small businessman or economists um, the economic, the economic laws basically are his fate and when it's a crisis uh, in that particular field to him it's not a crisis it's just um, 
is just a, a form of expression of a higher power to which one has to submit. So the authoritarian will admit to something he recognizes as having more power than himself. When we go into the personal lives of previous tyrants, it's funny how we always call them tyrants after they're gone or, or removed or dead. Um, when we go through the actual events, we never call them as such, unless a war has begun and there's a group, one group against another. But you know, if you look at Hitler, Hitler talked about idealism which he really believed in. He was definitely an idealist. Something that we should all be terrified about. I'm terrified of idealists because they're control freaks. And he said idealism alone leads men to voluntary acknowledgement of the privilege of force and strength and thus makes them become a dust particle of that order which forms and shapes the entire universe. And then of course there was Goebbels the Minister of Propaganda and he gave a similar definition of what he calls socialism he says to be a socialist is to submit to the, the I to the thou socialism is sacrificing the individual to the whole so Hitler himself recognized that his philosophy of self-denial and sacrifice is meant for those whose economic situation does not allow them any happiness and so he wanted to exploit the very poverty of the people in order to make them believe in his form of evangelism of self-denial or self-annihilation that's how it was rationalized to the people as a, as a beautiful thing evil can dress itself up in such beautiful, beautiful pictures. And the Soviets did exactly the same thing. In no time at all, the so-called working person's army was formed until they became a standing army. And before you know it, they had their own control freaks all there. Every The Politburo was full of them, the whole massive bureaucracy of control freaks who loved authority and who obeyed their superiors because they, 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 they could taste the power above them. They worship power and they hate the powerless. Unfortunately, that's true all down through all other societies. Those types seek power over others. You know, there are, there are bailiffs. I don't know how they pick them in psychological tests or what they do. The bailiffs are picked and given authority to go and requisition people's homes or shops or whatever when people have run out of money or gone bankrupt or whatever. And I, and I met one once who was slapping on a, a padlock in someone else's store. And another shopkeeper came out and says, you can't do that. And this little bailiff puffed out his chest and told him quite straight, you can't interfere with the law says we can do what we want and if you interfere you'll be charged and that little guy would be ideal working 
as uh, an executioner somewhere in some country because he loved power, loved authority, and unfortunately in, in a, a monetary system we were taught to worship those who have succeeded, the ones who have truly been authoritarian, who, who've worked themselves up, clawed their way up, stabbed their way up to the top. Uh, that encourages this kind of behavior. That's the heroes we're given. Getting back to Hitler, who knew, who understood this science, and it is an understood science, always has been. He said, we turned to the great army of those who were so poor that their personal lives could not mean the highest fortune of the world. So he's preaching a form of self-sacrifice with a purpose. The purpose is that the masses would have to resign themselves and submit if they, if they wish for power on the side of the leader and the elite is to be realized. Today we hear it in a more softer, scientific terminology. We call it democracy. Where the laws are passed for the greatest good of the many, you see. A standard equalization for the for the majority of the public, and at the moment when credit cards are just getting flooded from the machines and thrown out by the mail by the handful or the bucketful, and when people can't actually afford all the junk they're buying, which doesn't last very long, uh, the, the 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 march is on. It is striving ahead at tremendous speed because we're. The consumers are consumed. They're overwhelmed with all of the cheap junk they can buy. Uh, the pacifiers. But the same agenda is being standardized across the world. Because the elite decided a long time ago that their proper place was where they are as authoritarians. That the general public had no saving graces. And from Darwin's time on, they had meetings where they discussed the fact that they thought, that what was their fact anyway, that all those who were now elite um, through breeding, proper breeding, you see, selective breeding, and inheritance of masses of wealth, and, and who retained the wealth over many generations, had proven their superiority, superiority over the lesser breeds, the lesser peoples, the commoners, the ones who were left, and therefore evolution wouldn't go any further without the aid of science and science then would simply alter the commoners to be better workers this is all from the authoritarian types of, of uh, creatures we see all around us and it isn't just at the top remember this tendency is throughout many people right down to the bottom level this authoritarian attitude you'll see them every day or every year when they have memorial days for veterans standing there with their suits and ties and their blazers on and all their medals on um, these are the men who worship authority the ideology it doesn't matter whether the wars are right or wrong it really doesn't matter they will believe the propaganda given at the time and never change from there because they must rationalize the horror that they participated in and they must back up future wars that's a, a common statement our troops must back up our boys 
well if you know that people are being used and your boys are being used as well for some other purpose and you know that they're going to have to kill people for someone else's agenda and purpose why why should we back them why should we back them we're not being told the truth as to what's happening today uh, this war on the Middle East was planned years in advance of 9-11 by the Project for New America a New American Century group and they published their agenda they couldn't have gone forward without the magic event of 9-11 occurring what we're going through today is a shift from a, a 60s almost um, rebellious phase where people were at least experimenting with individual lifestyles and rights human rights individual rights personal rights and demanding them to a society that's gradually slowly insidiously been trained to obey authority and the first ones to do so as I say are those at the bottom who are authoritarians themselves who admire the power above them because it's the only thing they really worship that's a deviant nature a deviant nature the big boys couldn't do anything without the same personality types at the bottom to go along with their agenda we noticed that Alberto Gonzalez in the States and Chertov have okayed the use of torture on people of the passing of the, the bill 6166 we know that uh, it's going to be enforced all of this has been done legally you see these guys are tremendously legalistic they admire the legal system because once again it's authoritarian so they alter it in advance so that whatever they do will be legal and we've been trained to think that that which is legal is there for good they can now torture children whole families of people and United States citizens can be tried under a military court boy this is progress eh mm -hmm. progress and they have you know from the common people authoritarian types, the ones who love the uniforms, they love the polished boots, they love the badges they have people who are selected, psychologically tested to be the torturers to do all the dirty deeds, who will enjoy it, they've had these people down through all ages all ages 
who have seen man's inhumanity to man at work. Horror shows, utter horror shows, because there's no nice, genteel way to torture a person. It's bloody, it's sick, the act is sick, the people who do it are sick. I'd like here to give a tribute to the pyramid of torturers and murderers who have put themselves up there to keep us safe. And I've picked this one from a late 1800s Gilbert and Sullivan opera. Listen to the words. Wafted by a favoring gale, as one sometimes is in trances, to a height that few can scale. Safe along and weary dances, surely never had a male. Under such like circumstances, so adventurous a tale, which may rank with most romances. Taken from the county jail, by the glorious chances, surely never had a male. person do the average person must always speak out against injustice wherever it happens personally or outside of themselves to across the seas wherever because when they stop speaking out the control freaks the authoritarians will start running all over the populations more overtly because it's a form of sexual excitement to them and this is a fact it's been well studied that's why rape and horror occur during massive death and slaughter that's when who's who surfaces you must hang on 
to that little spark of individuality we have and that contact with something bigger bigger than all of this and many will succumb many are already succumbing to the fear and the panicking and out of panic they will eventually relent and accept the horror around them they'll accept um, the rules, regulations and humiliating experiences they'll be forced to go through on a daily basis through fear and self-survival self-preservation others will tenaciously hang on to self-worth some understand the message some can get so far and get caught up on previous religions previous beliefs previous something or other something which gave them security in the past or they'll sit and meditate and do their alms and all this kind of stuff hoping that they can be, they'll vanish to another plane and I've taught many people to go up to different levels of reality because what I talk about here is only one bottom level I take you up to the ceiling of that level but many can never go further because of fear or because they want to bring the baggage of old comforts old beliefs with them you can't drag that kind of baggage into finding new knowledge you can't say I want new knowledge on my terms I want truth on my terms it cannot come that way you cannot reshape truth truth is what it is it's not yours, mine anyone else's it simply is you can't distort it by, by covering it with old clothes or comforts or familiarities in future talks I hope to bring you beyond all of this if we're allowed to go on because we all sense the noose tightening those who are awake that is for those who can't go any further and retreat back to what appears to be the safety of their pre-existing beliefs I wish them all the best and I leave them with the following song good night and may your gods go with you sliding away You know the nearer your destination the more you slip sliding away I know a man He came from my hometown He wore his passion for his woman like a thorny crown 
Sliding away, slip sliding away. 